1 Corinthians 4, 14 through 21. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of those arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love in a spirit of gentleness? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow. <laughs> I, I love this passage. I know. So uh, good. <laughs> I specifically love the, you know, there he's addressing these sort of naysayers and he's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to come assess their talk. I'm going to come see <laughs> like, what they can do. Right. You know, like see if they put the mo- their money where the mouth right, is. Right. Yeah. So Paul is like full scale, just bold, like mm-hmm. running through brick walls now. Yeah. And, um, but it's also interesting because he's really framing this as like, I'm not just like coming for your neck. Like, I love you. Like, you are my yeah. children. Yeah. And like, I like feel like your father figure. And so it's very firm, but also very familial and loving. Right. And he makes this interesting contrast between guides. You have countless guides or in Greek, you have 10,000 guides but you do not have many fathers, um, which I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. So Jennifer, what what do you make yeah. of all this, uh, you know, these interesting tensions at play? Yeah, no, I mean, like, this is so interesting how he moved, you know, here we had this previously, we had this very sarcastic tone, mm-hmm. and now he's moving into this, like, fatherly, loving language, but it is very much asserting an authority with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, rooted in love. And, um, but that's important. I think that the authority that he's asserting and to your point about having a lot of guides. And as you mentioned, the Greek is guardians. Like you have all these guardians, which in that culture was a slave who would care for the children, um, on behalf of the father, but did not have the same authority in the child's life Mm -hmm. as that father. And I think like, as we have talked before, honestly, not as much true love i mean that was like a job you know the guardians i mean they're tasked with the job of caring for the children that's completely different than being the actual father of this child so that really is an interesting concept to think about church and how those who are placed in authority over us are like spiritual i mean they are spiritual fathers and mothers in the case of women and that they have there is like an authority in the church that is rooted in love but that also requires like you know, admonishment, but also response to mm-hmm. that authority. Yeah. I mean, that whole passage talking about, um, you know, you have countless guides, you not have many fathers. I became your father in Christ through the gospel. So imitate me. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that sounds very bold, but if we dig into that, you know, on a, on like a really daily scale, this is something that you see very often like all around us and in, in our own church and in churches around us is, you know, young men, young women who are in a church who are, or, you know, ministry or, or just like a literal family unit mm-hmm. being discipled by invested in, 
um, by, you know, these father and mother figures. Mm -hmm. And then they encounter, you know, they find a voice online or, you know, somewhere else (laughs) that, you know, strikes a chord with them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, these people who've invested in them, pastored them, loved them, discipled them, uh, they become basically discarded because they don't line up with this guide, you know, and uh, the Internet age, like this is like one of those things where it's kind of scary how much this like ancient text like plays into the age of the Internet. Exactly what's going on now. Yeah. It's just like so common now where, you know, you'll be invested or people will be invested in a church and then all of a sudden they'll follow someone on Twitter or Instagram and then, you know, sort of get involved in that network of that person. And then um, their ideas, their mind, their loyalty shifts fully towards this person that they've never met, Met, that they don't know, know that doesn't know them or care about them. Yeah. And all of a sudden these people who love them are like dead to them. Right. And it's really sad. And far be it from me or even you or any of us to, you know, think that that's something that other people struggle with, you know, (laughs) that's right. And that other people are at risk of because we all absolutely are. And I love it the answer to it is very simple. It's like, just re-enter the family. Yes. And, you know, look at the people that God has put in your life as mentors, as fathers, yes. as mothers, and, and imitate, imitate them. them. Yes. I mean, it's like our own Blake Rogers used to say all the time that, you know, Twitter or Instagram influencer does not love you. Mm-hmm. The people in this church, the fathers and the mothers here, your spiritual mothers and fathers, they love you. They're engaged in your life. They're the ones that, Mm -hmm. you know, will take your calls in the middle of the night and will answer your questions and walk side by side with you through the messiness of life, pointing you to Christ. And yeah, we can't lose sight of that. And that's what, you know, sometimes people get, again, people are always so um, judgmental of Paul. I think that he would say things like, you know, imitate me as if there's something in Paul that thinks that he himself is worthy Mm -hmm. of imitation. But really what he's saying is in, again, in this cultural context, that was the way of families. Sons always did what their fathers did. There was no like, you know, strengths finder or like individualistic, (laughs) like kind of, I'm going to choose my vocation and go my way. You always just did what your father did. It is Mm -hmm. the way of families. And so God, yes, to your point is saying this church is a family go, um, you know, the way of your father, love, um, admonish. You follow Christ and then you yourself be that for others in your church. Absolutely. And, you know, we should just, I think another good practical thing is the people that we are most influenced by and we open ourselves up to the most influence from Mm -hmm. should be people who we can see their life and imitate them. And so naturally that's like the, the shepherds and the people that God puts around us. Now that doesn't mean, you know, authors and public speakers are bad no right but it's just like they're lower on the the food pyramid of influence in our lives and and, you know i think we have all probably at some point had a a public figure that we really admire Mm -hmm. and like they they kind of have the highest seat at the table in our mind yeah and then it comes out that their life is an absolute you know crap show (laughs) and they're a bad person yeah. or, or at least did really bad things. 
and we are like hit with this realization that we don't want to imitate them <laughs> and um that that has killed many people's faith really sadly yeah it and, has. and it has really challenged mine um at different points yeah and so it's one of those things where uh familiarity and transparency it, they're far more than just like nice commodities, but it, right. that's actually part of building trust that transforms our life. That's right. That's right. And that's why Paul ends this passage with, I'm going to come and see if this is just talk or power. And of course, as we know, how does um, God show his power? It's through human weakness. Second uh, Corinthians 12, nine, that this is again, this cross formed life, this cruciform life. Like if you, uh, once again, like when you're walking with people and you see that these people are willing to die to themselves, that they are truly, um, you know, sacrificing for your behalf, that they love you in a sacrificial way that you're walking with, then that is the true power of the cross mm -hmm. in that person and in this church and in this life. Um, you don't need to go just follow eloquent and lofty words. You're looking for true power and it's the power of the cross. It's the same thing we started with. Absolutely. Well, we're about to get into some even denser underbrush tomorrow in First Corinthians 5. And so we'll see you then with the machete. For Jennifer McClish, this is Will Carlisle. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant. And Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.